Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mouth Sword Ministry. I'm your host, Timothy Aaron, and I'm joined with Rhonda Kay. And we're going to open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day you've given us of your, your great mercy. Uh, if it wasn't for your mercy, I don't know where I would be. And uh, we thank you for your grace and your loving kindness and your favor. And we thank you for providing for us, keeping us from hurt, harm, and danger, protecting us from danger, seen and unseen. We just give you praise and we glorify your name and we thank you for who you are, Almighty God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. We're going to uh, just talk about several topics Topics today. We haven't been on the air in a while, so we're just going to do a little review today. Um, I notice on the news, uh, uh, all we're seeing is a lot of the uh, the transgender and the um, LGBTQ uh, stuff on TV right now. And to me, that's like a sign, a major sign that we are closing up on the end. You know, uh, in uh, Sodom and Gomorrah's day, you know, Jesus had enough and he decided that he was going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. You know, and then there was another story in the book of Judges where, you know, like a homosexual situation took place and and there was a civil war amongst Israel. You know, and then, you know, we read about Romans chapter one and first Corinthians chapter six and different passages let us know that the homosexual thing is a is a problem with God. And it's a it's a form of mental illness, in my opinion. And uh, but everybody needs to be loved. Right. Everybody needs to be cared for. Uh, Not one sin is greater than the next, but we need to still tell the truth about it. And the truth about it is that's a sinful movement. Right. Mm -hmm. And God, uh, he gives us space to repent. He gives us grace and he he's always trying to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to work on us so that we can get our lives right. But we got to understand that this is not acceptable with the Lord. And when we see our countries around the world, you know, making room for this lifestyle, it's alarming. You know, it's kind of it's kind of uh, troubling to me because, you know, that when the people get to the point to where they don't want to <coughs> acknowledge God, who God is, you know, that's that's pretty bad. So but uh, we we know that the Bible teaches that. <coughs> Is God's will for us to be heterosexual. You know, Jesus said, and and um, Moses said at the beginning, he made them male and female. Mm-hmm. And for this cause, for the cause of male and female, shall a man leave father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. So it's all a, about a, hetero, a heterosexual relationship, not a homosexual relationship. So... I just want to say to people who might have, you know, a homosexual person in their family, or if you are a homosexual person and you're listening to this podcast, I just want to, you know, impress upon you that that is a sinful lifestyle with God. God loves you, and uh, he's wanting you to, to repent. He's wanting you to get right with him. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to repent and get right with God. And uh, you can't you know, allow the devil to have his way. Right, absolutely. Because it's the devil that wants to steal, kill, and to destroy. So I just wanted to put that out there uh, about the the homosexual transgender movement. And uh, so hopefully, you know, the Holy Spirit will work on you and Mm -hmm. get your attention and 
and let you know that that's not acceptable acceptable with God and you need to repent. Mm. But that's how Satan gets you. He manipulates you with the mind. That is like they say the battlefield is in the mind. That's it good. is definitely in the mind. That's good. And he has you thinking that it's okay, but it's really not. Right. But we're not here to, here to criticize or condemn anybody cuz we love you regardless, but right is right and wrong is wrong. That's where we're coming from. Amen. Okay. Uh now on the lighter note, you know, there's a story in the Bible that I'm going to try to tackle again, and that's the Job story. I love that story. <laughs> yeah, I love, story. I, I love the Job story. Mm-hmm. And um, <coughs> I call it the Job mystery because, you know, a lot of people read the book of Job and they understand that Job suffered and he lost a whole lot. But I, I call it the Job mystery because it seemed like people missed the fact that Job got his 10 kids back at the end. And I just think that's a wonderful, wonderful story. Because when you do the math, <laughs> um, the Bible says that Job at the end got twice as much as he had before. Now, now I'm going to put it in fives to make it simple. Okay. So if he had five camel, five sheep, mm-hmm. five horses in chapter one and in chapter 42 he got twice as much that would be 10 horses 10 sheep 10 camel right and uh, that's what happened with Job he got twice as much as he had before from chapter 1 to chapter 42 but one of the uh, puzzling things of the of chapter 42 is the Bible says that Job he got everyone that was acquainted with him before returned to him and I think people miss that because everyone that was acquainted with him before was, was his kids, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and then the Bible says, and God gave him seven sons and three daughters, 10 more kids. Mm-hmm. He had 10 kids in he the first chapter and he gave him 10 more, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so I just say, wow, that's the Job mystery that mm-hmm. I think a lot of people miss. You know, he got his original, because that was what was most important to Job, yeah, he got his the kids. kids back yeah, he, wa- he, he loved his t- kids. Yeah. yeah, that's why he was performing sacrifices mm-hmm. for them, just in case they sinned. He wanted to cover their sins, you know, right. in sacrifice. And so he got his 10 kids back and then he got 10, ten more. more. Yeah, right. yeah. So, and then he got to live 140 years. Mm-hmm. And that day was 70 years, so he got double, double of the lifetime. Yeah. So I just thought that was a good story. I wanted to put that one out there. You got any other topic you want to talk about? Uh, not, off <laughs> not off the top of your head? No. Um, what else? I listen to a lot of uh, Christian radio at work because I'm, I'm in the car tra- traveling from site to site. And <laughs> I hear a lot of uh, preachers when they talk end times. They still teach a pre-tribulation uh, rapture. And I really disagree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think so, m- so many times in the Bible, Jesus just tells us plainly, the rapture takes place at the end, at the last day. Uh, John chapter 6, verses 39, he says he's getting everybody at the last day. Verses 40, he says it again, I'm getting everybody at the last day. Uh, verses 44, he says it again. He's getting everybody at the last day. <laughs> and then he says it again in, chap- in verse 54. John chapter 6, verses 39, 40, 44, and 54. He says it four times. And I believe he repeats himself that many times because he knew he was going to be debating. Mm-hmm. 
on when he was going to come back before the tribulation or after. Right. So he tells us four times at the last day. So I believe the rapture takes place at the last day. Um, so a post-tribulation rapture is what I believe in. Uh, what else? Um, Matthew chapter 24. Um, he says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars of heaven will fall. And he will send his angels to gather his elect from the four corners of the earth. So immediately after the tribulation, he, he tells us plainly, you know, that he's coming back at the last day. And I think the reason why uh, people teach a pre-tribulation rapture is because no one wants to believe that they're going through the great tribulation. Don't nobody want to be a part of that. But that's the fact of the matter. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people get the great tribulation and the wrath of God mixed up as if they're one and the same, but they're not. They're two different events. Uh, there's the great tribulation. And then at the end of the tribulation, the wrath of God comes. So God has not appointed us to his wrath at the last day. He's going to rapture up the church and then the, the, the wrath of God is coming. So I just wanted to get that straight. What else I heard on the radio? Uh, I heard um, another preacher talk about the phrase in the Bible where it says one shall be taken and the other one left. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people used to think that, that the one that was taken was the rapture mm -hmm. and the other one left behind was the sinner. But that's not accurate either. And uh, the reason why I say that's not accurate is in the book of Luke. Luke is the only one that made me scratch my head when he said it. Because he says, two men will be in one bed. One shall be taken and the other one left. And then, and then Jesus goes on and gives more scenarios. But that, I remember as a teenager when I heard the, the, the preacher read that. I remember I turned and I looked at my friend and said, why would two men be in one bed? Yeah. You know, Jesus is literally talking about homosexuality mm -hmm. here. Two men will be in one bed. One shall be taken and the other one left. <laughs> and then at the end of that chapter, Luke chapter 17, the disciple says, where will they be taken, my Lord? And he says, where the eagles are gathered together, there will the carcasses be also. So this is not the rapture, people. This is the judgment of God. You know, one is going to be taken to be slaughtered and eaten by birds of prey, eagles and hawks and owls, and the other one is going to be left behind. <coughs> going to be left behind to be a slave on the earth for a thousand years. You know, that's what uh, Daniel teaches. He says of uh, the rest of the dead, this is in uh, Daniel chapter 7. He said the rest of the dead, their lives will be prolonged for a season and a time. So the season, a thousand years and a time, one year, you know. So <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there. So a lot of uh, preachers, even on the radio, you know, and even on TV, still don't really under t understand a lot of the end time stuff. <laughs> but boy, it's uh, Revelations is a really, uh, you know, powerful book. Yeah, it is. You know, and, um, you know, I like to try to interpret the scripture by scripture. So, but <laughs> I don't fully understand all the Revelation, but I sure like mm -hmm. reading it because it seems like every time you read it, 
you might get a little bit more information about it, yeah. you know, from the Holy Ghost. So, yeah, you mm-hmm. I didn't understand it for a while. Mm-hmm. Like what? Right. Mm-hmm. What else you got? You got anything? Um, what about marriage? Okay. Can you talk about that? Yeah, that's a. Uh, you know, I, I feel like the devil has, you know, placed a lot of his lies and deception in this area. Mm-hmm. You know, because he understands the the power of family, and if if, if family ever got right with God how powerful we can be. So I think this is where he has concentrated most of his lies and deception. So, I mean, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, Let me, let me, let me just start off light. You know, Jesus tells us on the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us not to swear at all. He says, don't swear at all. He says, let your communication be yes or no. Anything said above that cometh evil. Let your yes be yes and your no, no be no. no. Right. Mm-hmm. And he said, but don't don't swear. Mm-hmm. Don't vow. Mm-hmm. Right. And vowing is a major part of the American Christian experience. You know, when, when people get married in the church, they have vows, whether a traditional vow or a customized vow, they promises. And Jesus said, don't do that. You know, don't do that. He says, anytime you say anything above yes and no, evil comes or the devil comes. Some translation says evil, other translation says the devil. You know, so we should not promise. Get up there. I promise that I would do this and I would do that and I will always and I you Jesus can have a ceremony without doing you can you can. You yeah. can. And <laughs> Jesus says you cannot make one hair white or black. So what business do you got making promises about the future? Right. You know? So <laughs> That's just one example. Um, Another thing. Now, a lot of women find this romantic. But when a man takes a knee before the woman, you know, I believe that's offensive to God. Because women, as beautiful as y'all are, y'all are the creation. Mm -hmm. But y'all not the creator. Right. And God created humanity to take the knee, to bow the knee before him. And so that's all we see on TV, a man bowing down the knee, bowing down the knee. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that's a mistake. I think that's something we shouldn't play around with. You know, how serious worship, uh, worshiping in the Lord is. Well, I used to think that that was romantic. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be like, oh, wow, I wish that would happen to mm-hmm. me. But then when I fully understood, start understanding right. what it was really about, and it was like, okay. Because ain't it ironic? The Bible says every knee sure. will bow mm-hmm. and every tongue will confess mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ is Lord. Absolutely. So when you bow the knee, that's a form of worship, mm-hmm. lordship. So when a man is bowing the knee before the woman, that's backwards. That's not the will that, of God. Yeah, it's not. That's the will of mm-hmm. what society and what man-made, not God-made law. Right. Man-made law. Yeah, so. But, uh, yeah, so what else? Um, that was a real good one right there. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a lot of women probably feel like that. Yeah, they, they, mm-hmm. they find it romantic. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah. But we don't want to offend the Lord, Mm-mm. no matter what, because he's priority number one. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we talked about Job. We talked a little bit about uh, the homosexual movement that's going on today. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit uh, about marriage. And, um, so, and, and, we talked, and we talked a little bit about the end times. Yeah. 
Um, another thing uh, I think that is is uh, food for thought as far as the end times go is Jesus says something very interesting in um, Matthew chapter five when he's talking he's talking about adultery and he he he's talking about he says when if you have if if you commit adultery he says uh, pluck out your eye mm-hmm. he says for it's better to enter into heaven without one eye than for your whole body to go into hell intact and then he said and if if you are guilty of adultery chop off your right hand he says for it's better to enter into heaven you know with missing one hand mm-hmm. than to go to hell with your whole body intact now that was another one i always said man what in the world are we supposed to if we fall into the sin of adultery we got to either pluck out our eye and chop off our hand and then uh, it finally hit me like a ton of bricks one day that jesus was prophesying there mm-hmm. because in the end times when people take the mark of the beast they're going to get the mark of the beast either in the eyeball or in their right hand and uh so jesus has given us an opportunity to repent because if you take the mark of the beast you have committed spiritual adultery. Mm-hmm. You see, there's there? different types of right. adultery. That's People physical. don't understand. Right. Yeah. And then there's, there's physical and there's spiritual. Mm-hmm. And then end times, if you take the mark of the beast, you're going to get it in your eyeball or you're going to get get it in your right hand. And, and Jesus is saying the way you can repent is to literally poke out your eye in the end times before he comes back. Because when he comes back, you know, his, his uh, angels are going to be on a mission to get everybody who has the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. And he says the only way you won't be in the category of having the mark of the beast is if you if you have had it, is to pluck out your eyeball if you got it in your eye or to chop off your hand if you had it on your hand. Mm-hmm. So I believe that's an end time prophecy right there he was giving us. So <coughs> but, well, they're uh, getting stuff put in their arms with their hands and stuff now. Already. Okay. They're doing it already. Retina scan, iris scan, Mm -hmm. and then uh, of course microchips in your hand. Mm -hmm. So, yep, they're doing a lot of this stuff already, already. Um, Okay, one last thing I got. uh, I just thought about Um, in Luke chapter sixteen, Jesus is talking end time stuff, and uh, right in the middle of that chapter out of the blue nobody asked him a question about this but out of the blue jesus says uh let not the husband put away the wife let not the wife put away the husband so that tells me that uh, jesus is going to be dealing with people in the end times as, as he comes upon his second coming about pe- all this divorcing and let not the husband de- depart from the wife and let not the wife depart from the husband I believe that <coughs> Jesus is just letting us know that we need to stay together because um, you might find yourself in some kind of judgment or penalty during the end times if you're not with your wife, if you're not with your husband. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in Malachi, G- uh, God tells uh, the people that they are not with the wife of their youth. And now that's probably why their prayers were not getting answered. Uh, so, so it's really important for for men and women of God to stay together, you know, and and um, make that happen. 
So I just wanted to put that out there. Just people don't think. take it serious no more. They mm-hmm. they don't think that marriage is when when it get a little difficult, they ready to they're run ready out to run. and just say forget it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That should be unacceptable. It is. And uh, it both ways, the woman she'll divorce him, he'll divorce her, mm-hmm. and they'll just act like it's nothing. They right. don't take the marriage serious at all. And they need to. They really need to. They really need to understand what is marriage, you know, and and the roles husbands and wives play and and how God has to be, you know, first priority mm-hmm. because it's the fear of God a lot of times that will keep you from wanting to do stupid stuff, you know. So and God is to be feared, you know. When when like my dad used to say, he says when your mercy runs out, boy, that's a terrible thing. You know. <laughs> And God's mercy is rich, and uh, it's new every day and all of that. But, uh, you know, if if you stay in your sins and stay in your sins and don't repent and, and don't get it right, you know, God will get you after a while, mm-hmm. especially if you're his child, you know, because he ch- chastens them who he loves, the Bible says. So, <laughs> okay. So he was chasing you? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chasing, chasing, and those are, know. you know, the whoop. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, just like a a, a good parent will get their ch- child when it's time, you know, God will will get his his own too. Okay. Well, we just wanted to, you know, touch on little stuff here and there. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's uh, episode. If you got any questions or comments, you can uh, email us. You can email us at mouthswordministries at gmail.com. That's mouthswordministries at gmail.com. I'm your host, Tim Aaron and Rhonda Cave. We would love to hear from you. And uh, you can talk anything Bible. And we will try to address it on the podcast. So that's mouthswordministries at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We're going to close in prayer. We're going to wrap it up. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day, another day of life, health, and strength, food, clothing, shelter, mercy, and grace. Uh, We just uh, thank you for providing for us and protecting us, keeping us from hurt, harm, and danger. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to pray for the homeless out there. As I drive to work and from work, Lord, I see a lot of homeless people holding up signs, nowhere to go talking to themselves, mentally ill. And we just really ask that you meet that need, Lord, in this day and time. We'll raise up people to address that and anoint people to help that, Lord. We just ask you, uh, orphans, children that are homeless and going from shelter to shelter, Lord, we ask that you meet that need because children don't need to suffer. They're innocent. So we just want to pray for hurting people right now. Anybody who's hurting, you know, whether it's a, uh, uh, a man or a woman going through divorce or some kind of uh, mourning over someone who has died. We just want to want you to touch them and and uh, help them and comfort them and let them know that you are there. So, Lord, we just ask that you help the hurting. This is our prayer today, and we thank you and praise you for who you are. Uh, these things we ask in the mighty, wonderful, precious name of Jesus. We give you praise always and forever. Blessed, blessed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen.